0: You guys, I am super excited for today's show. If you are a special educator and have browsed resources for your classroom, whether it's on Google or TPT or YouTube or a blog, I would bet big money that you have come across the name Mrs. D's Corner at some point in time. Today's guest is Stephanie DeLessie, and I'll let her introduce herself here in a bit. But I want you to know that Stephanie has been such an inspiration to me, not only as a special education teacher, but also as a teacherpreneur. If I had a vision board of any kind, it would probably include a picture of Stephanie because I want to be her when I grow up. Although she's way younger than me, Stephanie has blazed a trail ahead of me when it comes to mentoring and providing support to other special educators online through her website and social media outlets. So let's get through the intro so we can get to the interview.
1: You're listening to the Sped Prep Academy podcast. Your host, Jennifer Hofferberg is an award-winning veteran special educator who shares her experience, knowledge, and passion to help other special educators survive and thrive in this profession. Join her and other guests as they share tips and tricks of the trade for the ever-crazy, completely overwhelming, laugh-so-you-don't-cry profession of being a special education teacher.
0: Hey, Stephanie. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Well, I don't know that there's a special educator out there who isn't familiar with who you are and what you do, but <laughs> I have been
1: wrong before, so would you tell the listeners who you are? Hey, everyone. My name is Stephanie DeLessi. I am the teacher author behind Mrs. D's Corner, uh, the Intentional IEP, and Adaptive Book Club. Um, I mean, I've taught in so many different states now. I feel like I've lost count. I think it's like five or six, and then I've been certified in six or seven, um, and I'm currently in the state of Florida. And you're, you're working from home now, right? You're not in a classroom? Correct. I'm not in a traditional classroom setting. Well, before
0: we get started, I have three friends who are in a mastermind group with me, and they are total fangirling at the, <laughs> fact, that, at the fact that you agreed to be on the show. So if you don't mind, would you give a shout out to Jessica, Megan, and Lindsay, who are three of my biggest supporters, and I would love to make their day.
1: Yeah. Hey, Jessica. Hey, Megan. Hey, Lindsay.
0: Well, I just want everyone listening and you to know because it's I haven't ever told you this before, but I you've been a big inspiration to me, both as a special educator and as a teacherpreneur. And I know you are much younger than I am, but you've been mentoring me without knowing it for many years now. Aww. And you probably didn't even know that I existed until last week, whenever you, you joined my mastermind. And that was that was kind of a, a big moment for me. But I really <laughs> I really appreciate that support. Um I've been following your blog and your YouTube channel, and I have products that I use of yours in my classroom. But there's always been something that stood out to me with you, and that is your love of teaching teachers, especially when it comes to supporting teachers and how to work with their paraprofessionals. Yes. It's definitely an important aspect of a special educator's job, and it has been a journey for me to get to the place where I am today, which is successfully leading a team of seven paraprofessionals with my co teacher. So I know that that you have one in your store and I have one in my store and it's what I've turned into a course and that is a para binder or a para handbook um, as it's sometimes called. And that's really the focus that I want to talk with you today because I feel like with the use of this one product that both of us have created, I have been able to show support to my staff and I've given them that framework in which they can use to better do their job. So I know that you reached out to your followers um, this week and asked questions about the parabinder. So we're just gonna answer those questions on air today. And the first one is how do I give my already amazing paraprofessional a parabinder without making it seem offensive or worthless because she already knows so much.
1: Well in my experience so the school has always the schools that I've worked for so okay let me backtrack a little bit so I've taught self-contained I've done inclusion I've done push-in push out resource and I've taught extended school year so I've had paras in different settings and no matter what school I've worked in whether it was public school elementary school charter school, high school middle school um, or even you know extended school year the the admin or the school district always gives teachers, like a Bible of that school or that district, like here are your guidelines. No, you can't wear jeans every single day of the week. Like we always get that handbook for ourselves. And a lot of times the parents get the same one as us, but their expectations are a little bit different than, you know, the classroom teachers are even though they're equally as important in the classroom, if not more important than the classroom teacher, him or herself. So I always come at it from a perspective of, you know, I have my own binder for myself, whether it's a teacher binder or an IEP binder or just the Bible from the school. Right. And I would like to share this information with you. That's relevant to your specific job and not specific. Like to me, like it, it makes sense to me, but I want you to make sure that you have things that are specific for you
0: you know she asked if it if it would seem offensive to her because she was already good at her job i absolutely don't feel like that i agree with you that we we're given that binder at the beginning of the year whatever school district we're in and it doesn't it doesn't seem offensive to us that we have to right. hear the same thing every year so i would just introduce it to her as you know she came across this this really awesome resource and she knows that most of the material in there is already it's already in her wheelhouse, she already knows how to do it, but that it is just a further support for her to have, you know, in her toolbox.
1: Yeah, and most of the information that I put in there is from the school anyway, it's just formatted in a different way that's easier for them to find things. Plus, you have to give them the students' IEPs anyways, or at least their accommodation list and the goal list and things like that. So it gives them a place to put that stuff. Exactly.
0: The second question is, how can we ensure that paras are giving the appropriate supports for specific students? And that goes back to what you just said about the accommodations and stuff. So I know that for us, we do um, modeling when, they're, when they first come onto the job, we model for them, we, we take them around and we have another pair show them exactly what they need to be doing and providing those observations for them so that they
1: know what their job looks like. I've been very fortunate to have really, really good paras that I've worked with in all of the different schools and settings that I've worked in. And I know that's not always the case. But like you said, modeling and allowing them to observe you doing something so that they know what the expectation is. But that's, I mean, that's key. And then what about evaluations? How do you feel about, you know, we, we're we evaluated as teachers.
0: We couldn't even mm-hmm. imagine not receiving an evaluation year after year. But evaluating paraprofessionals isn't something that's always on you know my district does it they require it but it's not a very in-depth evaluation and it doesn't help them at all knowing what they're doing right and what they're doing right they need support
1: with so how how does evaluations come into that so I have had to do both. So for extended school year, as the classroom teacher, we had to evaluate all of our paras in the classroom. And actually, so the first year that I taught extended school year was fresh out of college. So this is like summer 2010. I graduated college. And like two weeks later, I'm teaching in a classroom of students with severe needs. And I had three pairs in my class who are with, I think it was three, maybe it was two or three pairs in my class that were with these kids all year. And they know these kids in and out, which was a great asset to me. But then at the end of this that season or that well the end of summer, or the end of the school year, I had to give them an evaluation and I was like, "Oh my gosh, like I've only known these people for like four or five weeks." And it was really hard for me to have to wrap my brain around um but just be honest and be constructive with the advice that you're giving or something that you would have rather seen, but I'm really the type of person, like if something's wrong, I'm going to tell you and I'm going to, but I'm going to tell you from like a constructive way. So like, if I would rather you do something this way, I'm going to say, Hey, will you please do it this way? Instead of no, you're doing that wrong. Just don't do it at all. Like you don't ever want to approach anyone from that way. Right. Um, So it's really all about and how you approach them but then in public schools, I've never had to give evaluations. So when I took your webinar, I was like, wow, like, that's so smart to do. I've never worked in a public school that's done that.
0: Really? Well, yeah. we, we don't, the district requires it. But every nine weeks, we give our evaluations to our, to the teachers that the paras um, mm-hmm. inclusion with. So they are evaluating them as well. And then we just let them know, you know, what, this is what your teachers are saying. This is, these are the areas that we are fully happy with. And then these are the areas that we need to discuss and figure out, you know, what's going wrong. How can we support you more and help you be more successful in inclusion? I think
1: that would be a great support for everyone. Like, cause I know, and I've heard, read and heard the horror stories of like having horrible paras. And I just think that having that evaluation piece would would really help that, not only just for the teacher, but also the para, you know. And my paras are so funny. They're like, because I, I
0: put them on a different color every nine weeks. Like, <laughs> different colored sheets. We're, I want to see what that teacher said about me. So they, they want that feedback. And yeah. I think the teacher, we want that too. We want to know, you know, if we're doing a good job or where we need to improve. Um, so they're requesting that now. So it's it's really nice to hear. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. So the next one is how do you balance making the para
1: binder useful but not overwhelming? That's a great question. Um, well think about it in this way. So if you walked up to somebody that was a classroom teacher and you were their para or aid or support staff and they handed you a 3-inch binder full of papers, how would you feel? Overwhelmed. Right. So think when you're putting it together, think of things that you would find useful. And then think of if, if somebody gave this to me, would I feel happy that I have it or would I feel overwhelmed? Well, we, when they first are hired in our department, we give them
0: the binder and we, it's really cute. It's really bright and colorful and happy. And we give it to them and we, we go over, you know, the most important things right then and there. We go over letter that, and I, I keep saying we because my co-teacher and I have been doing this job together for twenty years. <laughs> yeah, we're over it together, and we we let them know that we were not trained to be their boss. That we are in this together. We are a team, and we're going to do everything as a team. And they're going to make mistakes, and they're going to fail, and it's going to be okay. We're all going to be in it together. So we present it in that way that you know this binder is for you. It's got a lot of information in it that will will attack at different times throughout the year. But we go over those most important things first. And then we just kind of put it off to the side and we get busy in the classroom. And, you know, it's always something that we come back to, but it's not so overwhelming that they have to, you know, soak in all that information. Right. So the next question is, what do parents want there to be in the binder? And I know this, you asked this question to your followers, and they said that you can put as much information as you want to in the binder. But if it's not what they need then it's right. not be
1: beneficial. I mean the things that they definitely need that you can or can, well okay so let's like can or cannot put in like the school districts like they give us the teacher bible like you could put that in there for them um but the school's probably going to give them one anyway. Like if you as the teacher are going out on your own self and giving them a pair of binder versus like um you Jennifer if you were handing it off to the pair right so it would look different in both situations but um, I mean, hands down, you need to have the child's IEPs in there that they're going to be working with and servicing. And then from there, it's just all about determining what do they need in there? What's going to help them be successful? And if you're kind of like, eh, I don't know if it needs to be in there, then don't put it in there. And then you can ask them if they need that guidance or um, give it to them at a later date. It's really all about like teamwork, like you said. And you can even ask them what they want in there or what they would like else to have in there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Asking them because if you're, you know, having those weekly meetings with them, you're going to know where they're struggling and where they're being successful. So that's just flat ask them, you know, what, what can I do to support you? What can I put in your para binder that will help you be successful? And, you know, just keeping those lines of communication open all the time is it's very important. That's where the, yes. we're
1: going to get your feedback from them. Yeah, absolutely agree with you. All right. And then the last question
0: is, how do you actually facilitate the training part of your paras? How how much time do you spend and when do you fit this in during your day?
1: This is a very loaded question. <laughs> um, it, so it really depends on what you're going to be teaching your para and your classroom schedule, like it's so variable depending upon all of those things. So when I taught self-contained, I had 45 minutes at the end of every day. Once the kids got off the on the bus to go home at 3 o'clock, it was like 3, 3.15. And then we contract time was 3.45. My parents contract time was 3.30. So we always had like 15, 20 minutes to either just chill and talk or prep something together. Or if I had to show him or her how to do something, I had that. Fifteen, even if it was ten minutes, you know, ten minutes is better than nothing. Um, it's really all about just like it's so variable. Building it into your schedule or just finding those couple of minutes to make I, it work.
0: Yeah, hitting hitting those couple of minutes here and there are very important, you know, to take advantage of. But we definitely use um, our PD days to figure out yeah. what, what our pairs need for that day, and then. We, we do the same thing. We have time at the end of our day. We used to have a scheduled para-meeting every Wednesday, and it, you know, it was scheduled. Yeah. You know, it's covered elsewhere, but um, we're not able to do that right now. So now we're just trying to find those times during the day that we can fit it in. But we do have time at the end of the day. The kids, there's still some kids in the room, but we're able to, you know, communicate as adults and figure mm-hmm. out what, what each needs. But honestly, they just... We're we're to a point I think where they just come to me and let me know what they need. Like the other day, I had a parent come and say that she was really struggling in an inclusion classroom because the teacher was kind of um, not micromanaging her, but just kind of um, inserting herself into the conversation with the parent mm-hmm. and the child. She didn't know how to how to um, feel about that or how to um, yeah deal with it, I guess so. Sh- that's where she just came to me directly, and we worked it out right then and there. So. I think you have to build those relationships with your parents yeah. so and and know what they need and when they need it.
1: That comes. And I mean, you said that before, like you have to keep lines of communication open. You have to build that relationship with your paras, even if it's not like a personal relationship, like you don't have to hang out outside of school. It can be a strictly professional relationship, right? But they have to feel like they can come to you because if they don't feel like they can come to you, then you're not going to ever be able to do anything together and you have to be a team for the kids. So I think the more you communicate and the more open that the communication is and the more comfortable you feel with one another, the easier it will be, you know, to do, to to train them or teach them how to do something um, or ask them to do something or them come to ask you. I mean, it really does fall back onto the communication and the relationship that you have together
0: awesome. I'm so happy to hear you say that because that is just the the basis for my whole department is relationships. So, well, it has been a dream come true, Stephanie. Thank you so for being on this show. Absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing your knowledge with us. So how can the listeners who don't
1: know who you are, how can they find, <laughs> find all the things that you're doing on um, um, you can find me at just Mrs. D's corner.com. And then from there, I share out things for the intentional IEP and adaptive book club. But Mrs. D's corner is kind of the home base on Instagram, Pinterest, Facebook, blog, website, all of those things. So Mrs. D's corner.com will take you everywhere else you need to go. All right. Well, thank you. Thank you.
0: I felt so giddy after that interview, and that sounds kind of silly because that's not my personality at all, but she truly was a pleasure to talk to and was just as sweet in person as she seems on social media. And I look forward to having more conversations with her in the future. If you are interested in the course that Stephanie and I referred to within the show, you're going to have to hurry. The How-To Guide to Train Your Paraprofessionals course is closing its doors tomorrow night at 9 p.m. and won't open up again until this summer. You can check out the course at www.spedprepacademy.com enroll, where you will find all the information and get any questions you might have answered. Like I said, the door's closed tomorrow night, so I'd check that out soon. Thank you for sticking with me until the end. I can tell you are just as dedicated to the field of special education as I am, and you want to grow into an amazing educator. And I'm here for it. I'm here for you and I'm so thrilled to be able to share all of my wisdom of being a veteran SPED teacher on the SPED Prep Academy podcast. If you're enjoying the show and want to share it with your friends, go ahead and screenshot an image of your favorite episode and tag me on Instagram. You can also subscribe to the show and leave a review. They give an instant boost to my ego and help others find the podcast as well. And I'd love it if you'd join us in the private SPED Prep Academy Facebook community. We are just getting started, but it's a safe space where special educators and related service providers can talk shop. If you liked what you heard today and realized you have found your SPED soulmate, please subscribe and then head over to spedprepacademy.com slash podcast to check out the show notes and sign up to be notified each time a new episode airs. Go out and have an amazing day and I'll catch you on the next episode.